Hello and welcome to another episode of But Why. The podcast is all about digging into big questions and tricky topics by honest conversation. Before we get cracking, I'm pleased to introduce this week's sponsor, Barbie. Some of you may remember that we worked together last year following their brilliant research with Cardiff University into the positive neurological impact of dolls play. Since then, I've been way more aware of the way my kids play. I don't know about you, but there's always a niggling worry about how I entertain them. Though I definitely have ambitions to come up with fun things for them to do, there's often way more screen time than I feel comfortable with, and that's been made worse by the pandemic too. Then, nudged by Barbie, I've been looking back into my own childhood and thinking how different things were then. Yes, I'm well aware that makes me sound old. A time before apps and on-demand TV. A time when being bored was just part of the deal. I don't think my parents even felt bad about it either. It's just how it was. We had to entertain ourselves. And from memory, there weren't anywhere near as many snacks as there are now either. As a result of being left to our own devices, we ended up inventing all sorts of bizarre games and some very elaborate make-believe scenarios. This might all sound just a bit nostalgic for the sake of it, but actually there's way more to it. Barbie's done the research. A study with Cardiff University shows that free play with dolls helps kids develop empathy, play out real-world scenarios, and learn to deal with adversity in zero-risk situations. So, in actual fact, stepping back and leaving them to play with dolls is genuinely valuable for their development. Which leads us nicely on to this week's episode. This week, I had planned to talk about happiness, but actually, our conversation didn't really flow that way. We touched on happiness, but actually, it became a general chat about life. And of all the people to have a chat about life with, I couldn't think of a lovelier person. As well as being supremely lovely, she's also a person of many talents. She has a podcast of her own, a very successful podcast, I might add, Happy Mum, Happy Baby. She's written several books, both on her own and with her husband. She's a mum of three, and she's last year's winner of I'm a Celebrity. Without further ado, let me introduce to you Giovanna Fletcher. (laughs) Oh, she's gone. Oh, Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) You're back. Sorry, Steve. I didn't even do it. I was joking. I didn't touch anything. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. Have you ever... You used to record in a studio, didn't you, with your... Yeah. Yeah, I did. We've done five five series in a a proper studio. Um, Will you go back or not? I don't know. I I was always worried when we went to remote that it would feel disconnected. Because yeah. I'm so used to being in the studio and that's part of reassuring people. It's okay yeah, when you them. say this is almost like a safe space. You've got my friendly face smiling back at yeah. you and giving you hugs. Um, uh, so I was worried what it was going to be like. But I think I think it's been what what I've needed as well. Yeah. Like that human contact in, in, in like with communication has been um, like unbelievable for me. So yeah. I can, and that sort of fed through to the listeners, I think. So although I was a bit dubious about doing it remotely at first, but knew the conversations needed to happen still. Yeah. Um, and it's so much easier. It's, You're asking for so much less of people's time. Yeah, it's true. And we it's all true. know how precious time is, you know. Yeah, I feel fine about asking for someone for an hour, but asking for a whole yeah. morning. But then the weird thing is, is when the interview stops and it and you come off the screen, you're like, all right, yeah, it's just me. And sometimes when you've had quite a meaningful chat, it can feel very strange, can't it? And often I'm talking to people that I'll probably never meet, and you're like, oh great, we had this like really intimate thing, and then that's that. It's like a weird day. I wonder if that's podcasts in general, though. Like, even if they happen face to face, like you still yeah. have that moment afterwards where you're like, bye. Oh, Do yeah. you know what I mean? And those deep conversations that you have. They don't continue afterwards, no. but uh, but you've shared something with that person that I think will stick whenever, if you have, ever you bump into them, mm. you have had that. It's so, so true. I think each, each podcast, whatever you're talking about, it's a little bit like therapy because none of us talk like we do when we're recording a podcast. It, it's so true. It's so true that it's, it, it, it's such an honour to talk to people for an I mean, I don't get to do it. I don't do it with Ben. I don't do it with my 
best friends one-on-one in pure silence it's like it is yeah it is an honor has but, ben ever been on the podcast yeah he has but it it was it was really his Tom. have you just won, done one you and tom we've done one with tom yeah so hard <laughs> did you think well i just i knew what his answers would be before i asked them so uh... um yeah, I mean, it was, it was, but Greta was actually in the room as well and she was quite small at the time. <laughs> what did you two so, talk so, about then? Well, he did an episode of Half Mum, Half Baby. He was serious. Makes one. sense. Yeah, we had someone who'd cancelled, basically. They couldn't make it. So I was like, Tom? <laughs> right That's it? The closest person next to me. It turned into a really lovely episode because I think by that point we had two children. We hadn't really sat down and talked about it because no, you don't, because no. life is busy. Either you're with the kids or you're working. You don't really get that time to just be together. And a lot of the time that me and Tom are just together, we're sat on the sofa. If our toes and feet are touching, that's it's enough. It's a miracle, you know, yeah. That's enough. Uh, don't ask any more of me. No. That's all I can give you right now. Um, so to actually sit down and sort of, yes, yeah, so at that point we only had two kids, but we'd also gone through a miscarriage before Buzz. So we kind of talked about that. We talked about what it was like. We sort of decompressed everything, I guess, oh. and, or unpacked it and, and worked. Yeah, it was it was really lovely because you don't do it. You know, no, I think maybe all of us should sit down and go, look, we're going to, for the next hour, let's just, just talk. talk about this. Almost therapy in the home. Have you done ther- couple therapy, if you don't mind me asking? No, we never have. Haven't no. you? No, I know people that do, and I don't think it's a bad idea. Maybe it's something that we'll look to in the future. Um, but yeah, I think um, yeah, we have we've never needed it, and also we've been together since we were so young. Yeah, um, you know, so in many ways we know each other, and and it is that hard thing. I think whoever you live with, they always see every side of you. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I would love to give Tom just the happy me, I just know, the, the, work, the, yeah. the me who's thrilled to be out of the house and to be with people and connecting. And unfortunately, they get the dribs and drabs that are left over. Yeah. Um, and especially during the last year, like, yeah. the, like the, what has been left at the end of the day, there's been nothing, <sighs> nothing. you know, you get nothing. Um, so actually we went out last night for dinner, it was our uh, nine year wedding anniversary yesterday. I saw, yesterday. congratulations. So we also had lunch out as well. Oh, better in some ways. Yes, lunch we went so twice. Nice. From nothing to going out for two different meals in one day. And it's just lovely. And, and I think, um, you know, and, and like most things in life, I think things happen and, um, you know, outside of the relationship. And it makes you kind of feel really passionately about each other and each other's cheerleader. Because you know that you're each other's cheerleader. Yeah. But you know that. But I think it's when things happen that you really, the fire comes again and you're, you're a more active cheerleader than like a passive cheerleader. Yeah, so, so true. So you're no longer thinking, oh, they know. They know I love them. They know I think mm. they're great. Um, but actually, uh, we're the ones that have got to be there. I always think back to like early days and how much I know. like everything was about them. I know. You know everything, every waking yeah. moment was Preoccupied spent, by them. Yeah, was spent thinking of them. And now it's like, just don't ask anything of me. I know, like... <laughs> Yeah, it, it, that's a, it's such a bizarre thing, isn't it? Like the person mm. that you you give your the biggest commitment to, just gets the and especially at the moment the absolute least of you. And yeah, and and I sway between thinking, well, this is this is the gig, this is how it is. And and um, I actually watched a video of you two talking to Fern, and it's like it will come back. But then, do, will you regret saying, oh yeah, in a few years, we'll, we'll, we'll prioritize each other again. In a few years. Because you're constantly gonna go in a few years, yeah. in a few years, in a few years. We've actually said, so before lockdown, we went away uh, for a night, it was my birthday. And my dad came over, had the kids. We went to a nice little spa uh, and it was absolutely amazing. It was a spa, we had dinner, uh, we reconnected, it was amazing. Uh, and then my mum and my dad, who aren't together actually, they both separately said to us, you two need to do this more, more often. often, like once a month, one of us will come over, you go away, and then yeah. lockdown happened and it never happened. But like, even last night, we were like, even if it's just a meal, just yeah. going out, or because we work from home a lot, you know, Max has started nursery three days a week, maybe one of those days we make sure we have lunch yeah. that's out of the house, so it's not yeah. just a quick 
grab yeah 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 because sometimes we're like we'll have lunch together every day yeah 10 minutes but we're just scoffing food <laughs> yeah and, and actually because it's in the middle of the working day you're not really talking like I think yeah. that's kind of the hard thing you're just be, yeah you're just being together but it's 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 the easiest thing to knock off the list and I know myself when it comes to like the night that we're meant to be going out you have to really force yourself not just to say oh we'll just put our pajamas on and yeah watch tv but But what you just said was interesting it's not just it's not about just being together and i think so often we fall into that trap we're together all the time (laughs) we're together all the time doesn't mean you're getting quality time or the best of each other um so yeah so i think it's important to to take moments to kind of go or like just think about all the things that make you love that person and um you know the things you're grateful for and then show them the best of you actually someone i know who's been married for a a bit longer than us he said that every night before he goes to bed he tells his wife the three different things or three things that day three reasons why he loves her why he's grateful for her and i just think isn't that lovely just to kind of remind yourself because yeah we get stuck in a rut i think yeah, I mean, it, you don't want that because you know, no, it's my easy. mom and dad are absolutely amazing and brilliant, and and they found friendship through divorce, which we're all so thankful and grateful for. We know how lucky we are that they can still be together. You know, all family things and Christmas days and things. But I never want us to to get to that point or to yeah to unknowingly get it's to a part. point where you can't get back. I know, and and you can, and the thing is, the reason we can say this and nod is that you can see how it happened. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, you know, yeah, none of us make our vows thinking that it would end anyway. But but real life is really tough, and yeah, and loads of kids is really tough, and it's a lot of other <laughs> humans to love, isn't it? You know, it's what, a what... lot. And you know, I remember having Max, and you being like, three is the magic number. And it totally is, but three but, is chaotic. Three is three kids. Oh That's my word, it's three kids. They're so loud. They're, they're <laughs> either they, they fight a lot. They, oh. I seem to be a cheer like a referee a lot of the time. Not a cheerleader, a referee. Where All I would like to be just a cheerleader. Um, you know, and it, it feels like I think especially the last year, you feel yourself constantly this like risk assessing this anxiety of what's going to happen now mm. who's going to hit who like who do i have to stop who do I have to take what you know it's that constant thing and um yeah it's a it's, it's a, a lot. lot of kids yeah it's a lot it's a lot and yeah i mean <laughs> it's a lot and you're our feedback two... form for three kids it's, it's a lot a... <laughs> yeah but then i keep people seeing people on instagram going in for four and i always thought i wanted four i was just like no, like there is nothing left of us to give to anyone else <laughs> well i saw someone who had five oh. i think we just had buddy we were like how and they were like by the time you get to five it's literally given... a case of it's like what's one more it's not louder it's not no. crazier. It's Your already got to a level. Yeah. But I, I got home from the school run yesterday and just looked around our house. And it is, because of it, we've all been at home for a year, it's just trashed. It really, know. you know, and then this morning, we're like, right, decided we wouldn't let them go on screens this morning. So they decided to do craft, which is on the one hand really idyllic, but on the other, it's just like, why have we got paint out on <laughs> at this time in the morning? Why did you do that, Clemmie? <laughs> because possessed you? Because one of those oh, things God. where Ben and I are tag teaming, like one comes downstairs and says one thing, the other goes upstairs, you know, suddenly they've basically seen a chink in the armour and they've gone for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, not paint free school no i know a coloring but, pencil a crayon if yeah, you're lucky with the screens <laughs> it's just like yeah and uh, and yeah our two oldest boys are quite similar aren't they and, and they love each other but man alive the physical like yeah. one minute they're playing and the next thing they're literally throttling each other from no how does greta fit into that she stirs it up she just <laughs> she will just go in she's she's yeah it's very different she knows exactly she opts in and then opts out but she doesn't they she doesn't blow up in the fighting in the same way how about with, with what's your youngest with max, max max um no sometimes he just gets fully in there sometimes yeah. it's max causing all the practices yeah 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 the because they'll care. be playing and then He'll suddenly want to play with what they have. And I, I feel like I learned with Buddy, so with the second. So when Buzz was playing with something and Buddy wanted it, I'd kind of be a bit like, oh, he's a baby and he doesn't understand, you know. Right. He doesn't understand sharing it. But then that meant Buddy just thought that he could get everything, everything he wanted. 
Um, so with Max, we're trying to be a bit more like, well, no, you know, Boundaries. a bit fairer, you know. <laughs> He's playing with it. You've got to wait your turn. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just chaotic. There was a thing at um, school the other day. Uh, I find it quite ironic. There was a thing with the ruler method that's all about children's well-being and Right. Um, and it was set at 6.30 and Tom was at work so I couldn't get onto it it was an online thing and I had the worst bedtime with them ever where they were all screaming and not... crying and I just thought how ironic that that event is going on right now yeah, telling me not... how I can make my kids happy <laughs> and you know I, I, I felt a bit I felt to be honest I felt really crap and I did cry for a long time afterwards. Once they were all asleep, you know, we'd just be like, oh, such a bad love. Yeah. But it's that thing as well. I think sometimes you can't have someone come in and tell you how to do it right. Because I think every family is individual and different. And we can all learn, we can all read the stuff and try and implement it. But it's a team effort and it's a continued effort. And I think sometimes kids are tired, kids are hungry. They realize that something's different in the home because one parent's at work. Um, or maybe grandparents have dropped them home and that all creates a little bit of a kerfuffle because they love, you know, playing up a little bit when people mm. are around. Um, so everything goes awry. And, and I think sometimes those things that are set to help us in knowledge can actually hinder us in some way. Do you know I what I mean? completely agree. I mean, without sounding terrible, the more I've stopped worrying about the way that I parent, the better it's been, you know. I, I, I do things with good intention, but... Yeah, there's no way you can, like when that chaos of bedtime is happening, mine are just going to bed later and later and later. And, and then they're like, I can hear them shouting down, mummy. And I'm just like, what? And they're like, we love you. And I'm like, oh God, I love you too. But can you just go to sleep? It's just like. I start the night with really good intentions. I do my calm voice. I'm like, it's time for bed now. We'll put on some like music that's nice in the background. <laughs> they don't listen. They don't respond to it. So no. I'm just like, get to bed, please. I know, enough is enough. <laughs> like, we, yeah, we're like, we have clocks and we do wind down. Yeah. And, and then I'm just like, some, uh, yeah. What can you do? They do just sometimes need just to be told where the line is. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, we're trying our best. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah, it's all we just, can do. Yeah, and it's been a mad year. It has, and they like as we adjust to each reemergent out of this. You know, it, mm. you know, every time the the rules change a little bit, everything. You know, our working patterns change a bit. Our social life changes a bit, and. And that all feeds back down to them, doesn't it? So we, we I don't feel like we've had a, a very good run at it. Especially no. for us, with the, with the age of our youngest, I was really like, right, getting out of having my youngest, out of Greta, this is going to be the good patch. We're going to really, <laughs> really nail this. And then a pandemic rolls in. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's the, it's the knock-on effect of it as well. You know, you know that at any point, your child's bubble could end up in isolation for 10 days, you know? Yeah, and, and so, you know, I feel like sometimes I'm getting somewhere with like, say work, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, that's gonna press pause for 10 days because that's yeah. not getting done. Yeah, and that's quite hard to be on. The, it, it, yeah, like it's easing up that high alert feeling, but we have been on it yeah. for for a year and, and not really being able to look you know, I can't really even think of what next year will look like, which has never really happened before. We were always like trying to book holidays for the, for the summer holidays or yeah. plan things. And there really aren't very many plans anymore, which is quite strange, isn't it? Yeah, it's very, very odd. Uh, but then I think there's so much more um, joy in just seeing like going to nanny and granddad's. Do you know, know what I mean? Just that is kind of, yeah. Or just going to have dinner at someone else's house. It's so exciting. But also... Doesn't that make you think back to like your childhood? Because for mm. me, That's we'd go to like. Italy every year. But other than that, our big thing was going to see our cousins at the weekends. Yeah. You know, I so think true. we get so distracted by the things that we see online, the things that we think we should be doing with our kids. But actually, we know we've got to remember where we found joy when we <laughs> yeah. were younger. And it's not in all that stuff. It's not in mum stressing herself and getting, you know, getting organised to... Oh, I've got to say, there's an episode of Bluey. Do you watch Bluey? No. It's brilliant. It's it's an Australian, I think it's Australian, uh, series. 
um, that it's basically four dogs and um, there's a mummy, uh, mummy, daddy, bingo and Bluey. And the dad is unbelievable. He's so creative. He's so playful. He's so amazing. And then there's mum. And uh, the boy's favourite episode is called The Pool. And uh, and basically, they say to mum a lot that she's boring. She's boring. Mum's really boring. Um, but dad, dad's going to take them to the pool. So dad's like, don't worry, mum. I'm going to take them to the pool. We're going to have loads of fun. So mum's, while he's leaving, mum's like, don't forget this. Don't forget that. No, don't forget the sun cream. Don't forget the float. Don't forget the towels. Anyway, he le- don't forget the snacks. He leaves and he forgets everything. So uh, the moral of the story, basically, because mum turns up and she's got everything because she realised so she has everything and then so their fun can actually continue because otherwise they were sunburnt uh, they, uh, they had to stay in the shade they couldn't really get into the pool they were cold when they got out there was nothing to eat mum turns up the fun can continue boring mum boring mum facilitates the fun um, yeah. you know uh, which I, I, I think so many of us kind of fall into that category especially when we're constantly trying to get all the stuff done and we're not spend, we're not taking enough time thing. to kind of go Doing the thing, yeah. yeah. And I, I've been talking about it a lot lately, actually, about living on the periphery of the fun. Um, because I think so often we can kind of mm. feel like we're having the fun, but actually we're listening to the fun while we're doing the washing up after dinner, the dinner or yeah. while we're cooking the dinner um, or while we're getting the uniform ready, but we're not in it. And I think sometimes we have to kind of go, let's stop doing that or make yeah. that a group activity so it's not yeah. just yours. Um yeah, yes. how are you? How are you guys getting on with chores and stuff in terms oh of, uh, you know? <laughs> we don't. So this is so funny that you asked this because who do I follow? Like Cat Sims was like not so smug. Cat had this board of what her kids do chores. Does, mine, did she? Yeah, and they do they do chores every Saturday. The kids and like mine obviously tidy up, and I try and get them to tidy their bedroom, and they like clear their plates on the table, that kind of thing. But they don't like actively do chores, and I think maybe I, I don't know. Do yours do chores? Well, I thought I was getting somewhere about making them take the ta- the the plate from the table to the kitchen side. <laughs> but hers like empty the bins. I mean, if I ask mine to empty no. the bins, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, I did walk upstairs today, and Buzz had made his bed. Right. It was just like that is amazing. This I mean, I remade it in an appropriate, yeah. you know, so he had to go. He out. flapped the, he yeah, flapped he, the duvet. <laughs> he flapped the duvet, and he did put the pillows on top. He just didn't, you know, yeah, fluff up the pillows. Right. But enough for him to get back into bed, I would say. So <laughs> I'll encourage that behaviour. And yeah. we actually started in the mornings, um, uh, especially the weekends when um, you know we don't yeah. actually have to go up or anything. Um, we put the cereal out. We put the cereal out. I got a butter yeah. dish as well. So the butter so I put yeah, so they can just come down, they can put their own toast in, they can get the milk out of the fridge, they can have cereal. Yeah. Just trying to get that little bit of independence that I think the main thing that's been taken from them in the last year is independence and that and that yeah. um, you know, that's trying out thing trying things out for themselves that they would have done at school and instead they've had us as like little hawks over the like looking over them like little helicopters um yeah it's true it's kind of going, way, no, don't like do that, don't do that. yeah exactly yeah. so just but trying to give them a little bit more freedom that's also why this feeling in the periphery has come from because because the the boundaries have been very blurred because we've had to work more with the, with them in the house than before it, you know I have had to say to them no mummy's working no mummy's working whereas in normal life like today they're at school I'm I'm working and and it's a bit yeah. cleaner but I saw on that episode you did with them. Um, Fern and, and Tom said about jumping on the sofa with wellies. The wellies was probably not necessary. <laughs> but it was a really good point of like, sometimes I can find myself telling them off about stuff that would have been the stuff that brought me joy. And yeah, we're not particularly precious about our home within reason. Yeah. You know, I want them to yeah. be respectful. And then you're actually like, what am I picking this fight for maybe I should join in with them and and jump on the sofa or whatever or yeah paint and cover yourself in paint and that's a good lesson isn't it is like yeah that's where they're being a bit more relaxed maybe is good yeah and 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 I think it's it's something that our parents have kind of learned so I think all those worries are kind of things that we would have picked up as kids like uh, but then I can remember when Buzz first went to stay at my dad's and I went to pick him up and he was like, look at this. And he was jumping all over the sofa. And I was like, don't do that. And dad was like, no, he's fine. And I spoke to my sister and I was like, he would we, never yeah. have let us do that as kids. 
But I think it's that thing. I think when they aren't your kids, you kind of go, it's fine, they're just yeah, kids. not a big deal. But in the meantime, we're all walking around with those things that have been instilled in us. Kind of, you can't do that, you can't do that. Kids have to act, have to act in this certain way. But actually, kids are just kids. kids. Mm. Um, yeah, and I can't, I, we, never, we don't have anything in the home that we are worried about that, that's precious, that nothing yeah. that they can reach and get to that we're worried about them breaking. Because um, I think it is a, it's their home, you know? Yeah. Not that you would want them to purposely break anything, no, but, but these they're... things happen, you know, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a strange one. I can remember breaking a vase. Actually, I can remember breaking two things. I can remember breaking a vase and being oh, absolutely yeah. mortified to yeah. tell mum. And then I can remember unloading the dishwasher and I was climbing up a stool to put them back and it was the good china. And um, I can remember, but you know, when you put uh, your hand on the shelf yeah, it's gone. and put too much weight in the front, it all came flying down. And it all just came tumbling down around me in the kitchen, just smashed. Dad came running in. Because obviously in that moment, he obviously was worried I'd hurt myself. Yeah. And I can remember his reaction just being like, well, don't worry. Just less to tidy away. Yeah, because again, like, oh. bar, bar sentimental stuff, there isn't, we don't have much stuff that is, it's difficult. I don't want them, if we were in in someone else's home, to try and jump <laughs> yeah, on their sofa. True. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how you instill that. I'm laughing because we've just bought, we're doing a renovation project and while we're getting the planning for this house, we've let them colour on one of the walls in the bedroom. And as they were doing it, they were A, really joyful, but I was thinking, wow, what have we started here? Like (laughs) when we then decorate this house, they will not be able to draw on the walls, but it's quite confusing messaging. (laughs) But briefly, oh. it was briefly it was fun. You know, it's, yeah, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? Like, but by that point, hopefully they'll be old enough to know that that was a fun moment with walls that were going to be painted over. Yeah, to understand I mean, Max, the logic. Yeah, Max went through a phase where he was drawing all over my walls, all over my sofa. Um, quite tragic, really. Although someone online said that they just draw a frame around it, so it's it becomes artwork. That's the thing. Yeah. I what like about? It. I'm looking at a wall covered in slime here, which is... <laughs> we have slime on our kitchen ceiling and it is from Tom. It's from like the spider web thing, you know, the shooters. Yeah. And it was Christmas day and he shot it up in the air and it just stuck. And I was like, oh, oh, great. So he pulled it off then. and they just left the blue. Yeah. Not <laughs> that's good. the thing. It's, it's really interesting. I actually got you on here I was going to talk to you about happiness we've kind of done a massive a massive <laughs> sorry wiggle away. no it's fine we knew this was going to have a massive a massive but I think we this all all linked together I wanted to tell me like what makes you happy if you think of a happy moment what does that look like a happy moment is us me Tom and the kids all outside mm. not yeah. with our phones everyone just being free because I think there's a behavioral thing with the kids that you really realize how important out door time is like especially in the last year you feel that you can feel everyone getting a little bit cagey a little bit anxious a little bit you know the arms and legs are kicking out everywhere punching out and you take everyone outside and there's just a release you know yeah the wind in your face the sun on it is uh, you know um so yeah happiness for me in terms of actually doing something is outside open air um without my phone so that i don't feel like anything else is interrupting that time yeah yeah as i mentioned earlier spending a lot of time over the last 18 months has maybe noticed the way my kids play those screens are an easy option and trust me i know they are sometimes a necessity i've been trying to encourage doll time too the research barbie and cardiff university have done shows that any time spent in imaginary worlds hospital rooms fashion shows vets or working out disputes between two characters not only means your kids aren't pestering you for a snack, it's hugely beneficial for developing skills for the real world, including empathy. Being more empathetic plays a key role in predicting well-being, academic success, authentic happiness, relationship satisfaction, as well as their ability to bounce back from adversity. When I was young, I loved taking my Barbie for a swim in the bath or accidentally on purpose getting her stuck in a tree only to have to conjure up a magical solution to save her and then having to think of an extra excuse for why I chopped the hair off my sister's favourite doll as part of the rescue operation. To think that that was helping me learn skills to navigate life in my later years is quite something. 
makes you consider the whole idea and importance of true playtime rather than screen time. The, the key with that outdoor thing is it's like being together but apart is kind of the dream. Like I always love those moments. Like if you're on a beach and you can see the kids at the shore, it's like we're all in this moment, but we're all kind of enjoying our own bit of pottering around is is the yeah. dream, isn't it? And that's hard, again, to reference lockdown. Our together time has been so in each other's faces that, of course, it's not that enjoyable. But it's, it's a... Um, very natural need to want your own space and I think we need to really not feel guilty about that yeah also when you're trying to juggle stuff like I feel like lockdown a lot of it was spent trying to juggle work as well as the home time so I think you can you get this foggy aggravated head that you because you're not really fulfilling everything you're not able to give everything 100% so you feel like you're not achieving you're not um you're not being productive um, yeah. and, uh, and I think we, there's definitely been a feeling in this house where we, we've got to let that go and just yeah. do what we can. Um, so I think that's why the walk thing is that thing where everything gets left behind and actually being able to give myself to them completely, you know, mm. so that I can see them do things and we can laugh and, um, you know, it's not mummy's trying, not trying to grab my attention while I'm yeah. trying to answer an email or, um, or do some prep or anything like that. So. Uh, yeah, I think that's that's a massive part of it. Is is happiness is be- being able to give my family a hundred percent of my attention and focus, and not feel like there's anywhere else I have to be. I'm obliged yeah. to be. In fact, for me, I'm listening to it, and the kind of my like overall happy picture is being able to do my to work and give my work mm. my focus, and have my family and give my family my focus, and yeah, yeah what doing either of those things on half in half measures doesn't feel good does it no i keep thinking i'm um I, well i think when once max starts school so we're talking 18 months i do feel like there will be a slight gear change and i think what i would like to see happen in in my working day life yeah. is that i work the time that they're at school and then, then i shut that door because that's like that's how we've laid out our house that should be happening but it's just not because mm. it's you know life isn't that structured in that way at the moment but and then shut it off from when they're home until they go to bed and if i need to do extra stuff i can do it then or just work my ass off in those those school Mm -hmm. hours uh so that i can then have family time and then a little bit of me time at the end of the day yeah it's it's the final (laughs) bit on the end yeah and i also think i might start waking up at six o'clock in the morning because the kids have started waking up about seven I might be one of those people that wake up before the kids. I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, in a bizarre twist of fate, I now get up at half five, having spent <gasps> nine years of my life trying to get um, to be able to sleep. I'm now inflicting yeah. it on myself. So what and do you do at half five, Clemmy? I go to the gym for six for an hour. Do you? Yeah. But you know what? It never gets taken away from me. I don't. The kids are still in bed, so I don't feel yeah. guilty to Ben that I've dropped him in it. I'm back at seven and it's kind of a, supposedly a more a bit of a glide towards nine o'clock, but it's not <laughs> glide, but you know what I mean? And and it's done and I'm not trying to pinch that time from anyone else or anywhere else. And it feels That's yeah, so it feels, good. feels like a bit of a gift to myself. The, the downside is that we've been like we're di- having dinner with friends the other night and like by nine thirty I'm like, Wow, I'm shutting down <laughs> here. I, I really want to go home. But um yeah, I do, and I'm I'm into it. And you do hear a lot of people are into that, yeah. that early morning thing because it's just kind of there that, for the taking, I guess. If you can get to bed at a good time, but you work yeah. till late, don't you? Yeah, we kind of creep into midnight sometimes. So oh, I think if gee. we were going to do a six o'clock, so when I'm on deadline, it can be one, two. So when the kids wake <gasps> up at half five, six, yeah, I I think there was a period of time in my life where I could really function that way. I was not tired. I felt really yeah. healthy, <laughs> weirdly. And then we went away on holiday, and because we were all sharing one bedroom, it meant that we had to go to sleep at the same time as the kids. So suddenly, I was having nine hours sleep a night. And your body's like, and it was amazing. And then when we went back home, I was like, I, can't, I actually cannot do it anymore. I can't, I can't get back into it. And I think when you are working out that way, it does, it slowly creeps into being that. Um, so therefore you can, in, in I could sustain it. Um, whereas now, um, yeah, you can't just jump into, I'm going to do 
yeah work until two and then wake up but at six i guess the, the the stuff that happens you know after in that time and the similar to me in the early morning there's a beautiful like crystal clear bit where nobody wants you where there's no emails there are no kids and like your brain goes yeah it's being able to focus isn't it yeah but, and also i think if you're creative it's that thing if you have to kind of roll with it when it's there yeah. you know do you know what i mean so you kind of well yeah which i guess in this house the, the difficult thing is that we're both creative so yeah. if we're both having late nights you can't kind of go go on i i was i was in the zone last night it's your turn to wake up but yeah i um i want to talk to you about your book writing because now having done it i am just in awe of you because it is such a it's such a thing writing a book isn't yeah. it it's such a thing <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. the biggest privilege and you know i can't believe i've got to do it but it it does something to your brain holding that amount of stuff mm. in a way that i just yeah it's really hard to describe yeah i kind of um i always find it interesting when i send in a book so i press send and you know on the final on the final thing and send it to my editor because i just feel like there's this massive release no, i mean no, but this... it's the closest thing to that like and then it's then it's done i literally feel like i'm on cloud nine as soon as yeah, it's, it's gone unreal. it kind of makes me go oh gosh how have i been feeling the last few months then because yeah. you're you're in it you're you know and i think the best thing um i think i heard someone massively paraphrasing but someone said um something about the idea of you're you're perfect like you're never going to look at your work and see it as perfect no so you know you could constantly be changing constantly evolving Mm -hmm. things constantly looking at sentences and actually going oh no i think it works better as that and tweaking and you're probably changing things backwards and forth without even realizing it especially with so many like so many words it's it's that thing of you know you're looking at gotta go yeah yeah so I think to actually know when the right time to send it off is and just kind of, yeah, it's just a, a wonderful feeling. Um, but yeah, it is definitely a privilege to be able to, whether it's fiction or non-fiction, I think they, they offer me something different. But, do they? but both, yeah, but both feel like massive therapy. And I do find that often I write what I need, mm. even though I don't know that at the mm. time. That's um, amazing. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, whether it's getting lost in characters or, you know, unloading how I feel as a mum, I, yeah, I, I do, yeah, it is what I need. And um, I mean, my writing has definitely changed a lot over the last, uh, how I do it over the last 10 years. Because, yeah, oh, I've been writing now for 11 years because I got my, uh, no, 10 years. Because um, I got my first book deal just before we got married. So, so I would have been writing for the year before that. So 10 years. And, um, I used to wake up, have a shower, get into a clean pair of pajamas, um, you know, come downstairs, have breakfast, probably look at the news, bit of social media, uh, read over what I'd done the day before, have lunch, then probably a nap, actually. Probably that's really? a good time Really? Wow, it's a different yeah. time yeah. of your life. <laughs> uh, and then around three, I'd start working through to about nine, but I would be properly focused in it and get on with it. Um, whereas now it's much more working day is that is when the kids are out and mm-hmm. uh, and then at night time because night time is the best time to work really because it's because everything quiet, is silent yeah but do you are you do you go to that the hell zone before each hand in or are you better at working in a way that doesn't send you quite so close to the edge because uh, yeah do you get better I had that? I saw this great thing a friend of mine um, showed me this great thing that was all about the um, the process of creativity. Uh, and I'm going to, again, paraphrase, but essentially it, you start off with an idea and you think, this is amazing. Nailed it. <laughs> Nailed it. And you, you start working on it and you're like, oh, it's good. And then you're like, oh my God, this is absolute crap. <laughs> then before you know it, you're like, oh, this is good. And then again, you're like, this is amazing. So you have to go through that to kind of get there. So I think sometimes, especially since, you know, I think with writing, you, I think, I, I've, I think I've worked every book slightly differently. Um, so you, I used to like write, then turn it red, then go back over it. So I'd write in chapters and really go through each bit. Um, whereas this one, I'm, I'm writing it, knowing that I'm going to go back and add a few. So I'm writing notes and kind of going, 
um, I should add this little thing or wow. you know, this should, yeah. So it's it, which is interesting because you're kind of writing knowing that you're gonna go back in and change things. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's, I think each book you approach it differently. Which Depen- is quite yeah, nice. and it depends what the subject is. But that was the thing that I found quite hard to stomach is that I had to write the book in order to write the book, which sounds really mad. But I had to get it all down <laughs> to be able to see what it was that it that I wanted it to be. And then you're like, right. So and basically, you go back to the beginning and begin to unfurl it again. Yeah, I've got to say, I, I've started reading it, and I feel like I'm learning so much. Oh. Thank you. Never mind the kids. I'm learning. Yeah, it's a lot. I, I've, when I'm doing the last day of the audiobook tomorrow, and I was just like, no wonder my brain was exploding last year. That's so. Yeah. There's so much information gone through it. It's so good. And I oh, love the fact you. that you brought so many people in as well. Oh, thank you. No, I it's mean, not. I'm... I think it's that. And that's what you do so amazing with everything that you do and the way that you curate stuff. It's, it's that thing of you don't have all the answers. You know what I mean, and but here, here's someone who really focuses on this, and yeah. and I think that I think that's brilliant. Thank you. I mean, I wouldn't know any. Yeah, I really admire people who sit in like expert positions because I just feel like I'm constantly learning all the time. But yeah, you know that's. Oh, just I think I'm... it's lovely to be in your position though, where you're pooling together that knowledge. Oh, thanks very much. I appreciate that. And yeah, would you say that that writing is a happiness for you? Yeah, not absolutely. The bit that yeah, like I said, like I said, um, it's that thing of it's the therapy that you don't know that you need until you're writing it, and you can get lost in it in this world where people are making different connections, and um, you get lost in the funny or you get lost in the emotion of it. Even writing sad stuff, there's something yeah. really cathartic about it and um, wonderful. And uh, yeah, it's definitely my happy place because I came from came to writing at a place at a point where acting wasn't happening and I started writing thinking oh am I going to be good at this and I thought well it's a character you're writing first person yeah you're writing you know all you're doing is talking and it's essentially everything that you know it's where they've been it's who they are they are it's where they're going it's what they like drinking what they don't like drinking it's all those though those things all those nuances everything in a book it's like one big monologue you're telling a story because that, that, that's the through, through thread of everything that I do. It's storytelling. And and I think as soon as I got that in my head, yeah, I was like, yeah, I can I can do this. And it just, yeah, it has become that, that happy place of just um, being able to just tell a story and kind of get lost in it. Do you feel like you know each of your characters? Like, yeah, you, yeah, you, you like, you, like you've met them. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially since, so at the moment I'm writing a book that's um, three different people. Yes, I want to ask about this book. Sounds great. Yeah, so it's three different people um, who are all all friends. um, Two guys, one girl. And um, and it's that thing of, you're you're writing first person for all of them. So you have to kind of sit in them a little bit, if you like. Um, Which again is, I think, another reason why I need to get it all out and then go back and really make sure that I've I've you know hammered home each individual who they are you know how they say certain things just to make sure that the characters aren't bleeding into each other mm-hmm. making sure I know exactly what each person's want is and desire and what their um, flaws are or what you know what eats them up and um, but uh, yeah I think um, it, you need to get into the nitty-gritty of it really of each character um, yeah and it's and it's a joy to do and i think you you ultimately you definitely fall in love with every character whether they're and you fall in love with them for all of their flaws i think the best thing i got um told the when i was first doing brilliant me really early on um when we were looking at uh sort of i was writing out the plots and stuff and i was talking to an agent um who was helping me she was like you've got to remember that all the books that you love each individual is flawed and that and you love them for that you know yeah. you don't want to read about someone whose life is perfect um because that feels so far removed from yours reality um so uh, i think that's something that's taken that i've taken on in every single book and and to write from the heart as well because i think i think i get a little bit sidetracked sometimes with how things sound and just like just just write it just write it yeah because you know? when it when it works and you're flowing that's because you're not second guessing yourself it's because yeah. you're just letting it pour out and you're like oh well, that was easy it's like yes yeah. because you're just 
you're, you're just writing it, aren't you? And I know some authors who, for the first drafts, they might write 10,000 words a day where they're literally sat down, <laughs> boshing it out, and then they'll go back and can't then go, how does this structure look? How's that character? Wow. Um, and I don't, And some. I think everyone's a little bit different. Some people will completely ditch that and then start writing properly, properly. on a draft or they'll use yeah. that. And But um, yeah, I, I think I'm a bit too... Uh, I'd never chucked away a big chunk of work. Haven't you? You've never gone, no. No. I think there was one point in... Um, one of the, I think one, Eva Man, the first one, so Eva Man, um, where I had written something, because me and Tom basically, we knew what each other were writing, yeah. uh, but there was always a freedom to go off and kind of see, as long as it didn't ruin what was coming next for the next person, next character writing, because um, I would write Eve and he would write Bram. And, uh, and there was one point where I wrote something and Tom looked at it and was like, oh, I think you've gone too far. It's oh. like, really? He's like, yeah, I think maybe a bit too far I was like alright so I edited it then he used my idea later <gasps> on <laughs> the little monkey it's okay. it's okay though because then the editor went I think this might be a little bit too much <laughs> there's some really great lesson in that isn't there yeah. Did he? Could he acknowledge that he'd taken your idea? Oh, yeah. or... It was all really funny. As soon as I read it, I was like, oh, "Hold on a minute!" He's like, "I know it didn't work where you had it, but it really but I've made it work." <laughs> I mean, but I think that's the thing of working together. You kind of, you can't be precious, and I, and I and actually do think that that's something um, that Tom and I both have from going from even being young and you know going to drama school and going for auditions and then going to older drama school for me it's that thing of everything's constantly evolving and work is work that can be you know that can be molded into something else and it's constantly changing and finding its own feet and its own legs and and legs legs and feet and it's going at its own pace and its own direction so I, I feel like we never feel like we're set on one thing we we know that anyone who um whether it's an editor or a copy editor um we know that everyone just wants the best for the piece uh whether that's and, and us too as well so i think we know not to um get too precious about our work and to know that changes are fine you know you can't... I, I think that's very healthy though isn't it that's what i was going to ask you because the the array of work you must that comes your way mm. what is it that makes you jump for something do you go on your gut have you got some kind of values as a family have you got some hard no's or is it case by case i would say it's it's case by case um yeah it's definitely case by case and um because obviously a few things have, have come up since the castle but I kind of didn't do it for that. I did it for the. No. For, I, I I did it because I did it you because wanted it. I wanted to do it. I loved the show and I, I just wanted to do the experience and 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 for me life is was already so full. Like how do you add to a full diary already? Like yeah. I wouldn't want to get rid of anything because everything that I do is a complete passion project and things that I really really love. Um, so I think it's about looking at each thing and thinking how is this going to affect the family. Yeah. Is this a really good opportunity that you can't turn down that might lead to something else? Um, is it... Uh, and also, I think what's interesting book-wise is that I've I've started thinking my head and, and putting it in my diary. I'm kind of like, I feel like I've promised this time to Penguin. This right. time is promised. They've got a book coming. And yeah. therefore, whatever comes in during that time, doesn't matter how great it is, that time no. available which really. if you worked on any other thing if you were working on a yeah. tv show as a presenter that would be fine mm -hmm. because you're out of the house there's something about book writing that i almost feel like people feel like it's oh it's fine she can write it do it another time yeah. yeah you know what i mean it's fine and actually for my own sanity i've kind of started to say no to things and just just i think it's um the balance for me is knowing my boundaries and um and realizing that I love the things that I do because a lot of the part of it, a big part of it is because I create it and I have such a massive say on it. Mm -hmm. um, so sometimes doing other people's projects might be lovely, but if it doesn't, if it, if it doesn't move me in any way or if I don't see it, um, I don't know, helping others, I guess that's become a massive um, reason for doing what I do like with the podcast and stuff. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, but it's definitely a case by case thing. 
I've started and, saying no a lot. Mm. I like the word no. I never used to like the word no. Hated no. it. I couldn't say no to anyone. But now it's it's a nice word. And also, I think I've talked about it. I don't know who I've talked about it. Maybe it's Lucy Sheridan, the comparison coach. Or she's really good at being like, no, not now. Like it's not it's not no. I don't ever want to do that thing ever again. But at this moment, I can't. And I think it's really important sometimes to communicate that yeah. to people and, and and i often say to them please ask me again in in six months time please don't feel like i'm yeah i'm shutting a door on something you, you can only do what you can do that's and I guess... that's so true so at the moment i'm like i'm literally like i'm in the middle of writing a book and i promise this time to penguin but maybe in the future yeah um, but also making sure that you can use that when you actually feel that so that yeah. you have you have the power and the ability to say no and that's okay because other people don't really, um, they they can't demand your time. You know, no. it's 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 yours to to give. Uh, so you have to make sure that you know that you're using it in a way that you're comfortable with. And also to be really clear with yourself, if I give someone else another hour, so if I do something at seven to eight p.m., it's like my energy resources for myself, for my husband, for my children are down and the thing is you can pinch it you can pinch it and then suddenly i look at a working week and i was just like oh wow there is no, no breathing space and yeah. all that happens is is they get the very worst of me well and then and those things that you're meant to be doing that week that might be fun you and can no feel yourself going you can just get by the end of this day the end of this day the end of this day, you're yeah. literally just kind of you're getting through it and i think actually you remember the tour that you came on yeah i had i remember very clearly at that point, there was just a lot going on. And I remember thinking in my head beforehand, I've just got to get through this bit. And I thought, whoa. Yeah, this should be doing? amazing. This is an amazing tour that you're going on that you, you love. Get out of that space and you've got mm. to enjoy what you've set up and, and, and what you're doing. So, yeah, I think, but it's that thing, isn't it? Being very aware of where your mind is at um, mm. and knowing that you can feel in that way. So next time you're looking at the diary, um, uh, you know, adjusting it accordingly oh my hi there you are i'm back yeah (laughs) it's so true and but i also wanted to flag because i was going to ask you when i had a structured questions that i've not even sorry i think i think it was me i just kind of they're like like, these are utterly pointless (laughs) i'm so sorry i'm so sorry look at you all that planning it's fine i've I've gone with it but um it's so funny because in every interaction I've ever had with you and the way that you present online, you, you are such a kind of a happy, positive energy. And I think it's really important to know, for people to know that that is still coupled with having to set boundaries and knowing yeah. when when you um, get burnt out, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, and, and, and for me, doing those lives... Uh, being online doing the podcast it makes me happy yeah. it make that that human interaction makes me um you know so full of joy and uh and they are as much for me as they are for anyone else you know in terms of how they make me feel being in a room and you know talking about a, a tricky moment and having other people just nod or go hmm or laugh yeah. you're like yes the one. it's not just me and, and it takes that that moment of it to leave your lip, like leave your lips of you to type it out to actually kind of go, is this normal? Is it just me? And I think, yeah, so that, that everything that I do, it helps me as much as it helps other people, I think. It's so true, it's so true. It's always the stuff that feels a bit weird and a bit uncomfortable is always the stuff that resonates with people. Yeah. And, and yeah, what a gift to be here. And actually to circle back to the, our conversations about parenting, we are, we're not by any means long way down the line but we have both like been on similar journeys of, of trying to learn how to be okay with the chaos of it i suppose and that, that it, ca- it can feel really difficult at times but that doesn't mean it's all going wrong which is definitely where i was in in with my first with bertie i was just like yeah a bit of a bad time felt like the end of the world and it doesn't need to be that way yeah 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 absolutely and i think um we've all just got to be a well, it's that thing, isn't it? We've all just got to be a bit kinder yeah. to ourselves. But it's a mad how much you can say that in places and then find yourself filling your diary up or talking to yourself badly because you had a shouty bedtime. And it's like, oh no, this 
when we talk about being kind to ourselves, it's exactly this of not going down that loop about the bad bedtime. Yeah, you're so right. I mean, the other night I had a good old cry, uh, like I said, at <laughs> bedtime. And then afterwards I had this weird moment where I put it on Instagram stories because I'm, you know, I'm a twerp like that. But I had this weird moment where I was sat outside and um, there was a magpie. They're all single magpies at the moment. And oh. I could hear him really making his little barking noise that they do. And uh, I looked up and we've got magpie nest in the tree by our house. And there was another bird by their nest. So this magpie was going berserk, obviously, because the chick or the egg was in there. So he came flying back, went really berserk. The other bird was just like avoiding him and just looking at the nest. And then I could hear another magpie in another tree start chirping up. Uh, and then eventually he came flying, I'm saying they're all he, but he came flying over. The two magpies worked together to get rid of that other bird. And then the other magpie just flew off. I don't even know if they knew each other but or if it was just like, this is a magpie in distress, I'm going to come and help. And I just, for me, <laughs> in that weird moment of having a bad time, I was like, wow, the power of coming together can get rid of those big like blackbirds so that are horrible and going to eat our chicks. Um, and that, that yeah, it just, for me, it just kind of, yeah, it <laughs> just symbolized the power of together and how we're never alone in the shit. <laughs> and then you go, God, is this middle age or am I losing it? <laughs> <laughs> Was bedtime that bad that I'm taking, you know, solace in what magpies do? <laughs> it's the sort of changes that happen. You're just like, oh my word. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. Did, you go, did you go and tell Tom? Oh no, you told Instagram. Do people relate? No, I told Instagram. And then, yeah, yeah they did. Um, and then I went and I went and did some work and I felt really productive. So I let it all go and I was like, thank you, magpies. The, the, and they'll have absolutely no idea of the power of what, what you, the mad woman yeah, in the house no witnessed. <laughs> the lady downstairs with a tear-stained face wrapped in a blanket, just looking up at them. They've got no idea. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm wondering where to go from here. I think this might be the, the perfect conclusion. Someone did someone did DM me and said, for, okay. for, ha for them, happiness is having doing enough that makes them feel like they've got purpose, but not so much that their self-care gets compromised. And I was like... Mm. That is it. I like to feel I like to feel busy, but not too busy. Because yeah, because I I always think people are like, oh, I just would love a blank diary. If I had a blank diary, I would implode. Yeah, and also if you had a blank diary, you'd fill it up again. Yeah, like there's no such thing as a blank diary. Because yeah. I was yeah, I asked Instagram like about their ideas of happiness, and I was like, it's would you prefer routine or freedom? Which would you prefer? Um, I would like a mixture of both, to be honest. I'd like my routine to contain some freedom yes. time. That's the one. Yeah. Isn't it? Whether that's like weekends or school holidays. Yeah. That would be my absolute ideal. But isn't it mad? As you say, it's like that's, yeah, having some time off every six to eight weeks. Wasn't, <laughs> yeah, shouldn't be a luxury. But just like, yeah, none of us have had a holiday. Yeah, busy or not busy. Similar. <sighs> Busy, yeah, but similar, similar, yeah, busy, but with times of not yeah, busy. Yeah, so you can, like Anna, Martha always says, like, so you can go for a wee, so you can have lunch sitting down. It's like, yeah, they shouldn't be. God, I cried what, listening to something that she did with Half a Month Baby where she was saying about, you know, going to the toilet by yourself, going and having a shower. It's not, it's not me time. It's not, that. that's just human decency yeah, having a glass of water when you think you're thirsty yeah. not leaving it another hour to get yourself a drink yeah i mean how many times have you needed a wee and just not gone because dinner's on gotta feed the cats gotta do this gotta do that and before you know it you know you're not been no. and you just wouldn't say to your kids yeah hold on hold on hold on hold on <laughs> just like yeah i'll take you for a wee right now if you need a wee it's like yeah yeah she does always say like what what do you need? What do you need in this moment? Yeah, actually, I just need a wee mm. and a drink and I feel better. Um, quiet versus party. Oh, quiet. Same. Same. <laughs> but I've been in a real, I'm not going to, this is going to be a whole different podcast, so I'll stop, but I've been in a bit of a, a spin about this recently because I've realised that I actually am quite, 
I like quite boring stuff. And I think we always hold yeah. up this idea of like happiness being quite wild and this party person and that easy come, easy go. And that isn't me. But actually, I think maybe it isn't most people really. When I go on, like, say, a book tour and I get to a hotel, I sit on the bed and I sit in silence. Just like this. That's it. Yeah. And I'm like, isn't this amazing? Yeah. That's it. But maybe that's because we don't have that. Maybe if we had silence all the time, we'd be a bit like, give me the crazy. Yeah, it's true. Like, like general life is so crazy that, of course, you don't, you don't crave it. But, yeah, give me an early night. I'm not. I'm not actually not going to ladder down this really boring a walk, a nice meal, and I'll be very happy. But those are the great things of life. I really think that a nice walk, some good food, some good sleep. That's it. A, bit, a good book. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of sunshine. Jobs are good. And yeah, throw in a few friends every now and then if they're going to be nice and quiet. Yeah. Yeah. They opt in at the right moment. But you know what? The, the good thing is, as we we're saying that. Those are attainable things. That is why, yeah. you know, Friday, for us, we have to get in a car to go for a walk, which is annoying. And as you know, a high stress moment as well. Can you get yeah. in the car? Can you get in the car? Can you get in the car? We have one of those multi-mac car seats. So no one's got, oh, yeah. no one's got a, a, an assigned spot. So, right. so we argue every time about who's going where. <laughs> <laughs> and they like to try and get in through the front and the back. And it's like, can you just get it in the Oh, car? gosh. Yeah. And then you get everyone in the car and someone's like, I didn't go to yeah. the toilet. I'm got, in here We've got a snack. We've oh. literally just haven't even gone anywhere. We definitely didn't <laughs> have snacks like this when we were young, <laughs> did we? No. Like, literally never. Na- literally never. I remember being hungry quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> These kids don't know they're born. Yeah. Um, well, <laughs> this was a brilliantly not, uh, not, not concise episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Don't you be apologising. It's mine to direct and I just didn't bother. (laughs) I mean, we had a lovely chat. Yeah, I have to think about those magpies quite a lot and and literally laugh to myself. (laughs) (laughs) If you, like, next year there'll be a a special, like, book book with birds in about... I mean, I can see where this could go. (laughs) Can't it? The birds out the window. But it turns out lots of people are worrying about magpies at the moment because they're seeing them on their own. Because so many of us believe that whole yeah. thing, one for sorry. Why are they on their own? Uh, but well, I think it's this time of year because the other ones in the nest keeping the chick okay. healthy. Fine. Or it's been building the nest and stuff. So uh, yeah, I think we've been through a period where we just all see one. Um, and I uh, I can't deal with that because no. of all the superstitions, that is my one. Yeah. Okay. I've been known to get off trains before to see the other. Magpie. Wow, this is yeah. a real part of you. Yeah, it's a real thing. Well, I, I, but I've also, so I've progressed the superstition. So if I see them, they can't be separated by like a tree or a fence. They have to be together in an open space. Gee, I think, I yeah. think that's like really creating hard work for yourself. <laughs> and whatever I am thinking about at the time where I see the single magpie, or the two, because it's either good or bad, uh, that is what's affected. So... Wow. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, <laughs> this is doomed. Uh, so yeah, so it, it's. So the headline is, Jean looks like she's got her shit together, but actually she's absolutely insane and <laughs> hanging a lot of she's her life on magpies. How do you decide what work projects? <laughs> well, if the book, if the offer came in whilst I saw a magpie. <laughs> You're laughing, but it's true. It's true, actually. I was seeing something, and I kept seeing single magpies, and I just thought. Yeah, I don't think it's right for me. <laughs> the thing is, this is fine if you stop it here, but these kind of weird foibles can become... <laughs> they can become quite... Oh, I, I, you know, look at how it's grown in 10 years already to this point. What's it going to be like in another 10? Oh, yeah. Just, you need to put a, like, a safe space in it a where you're like, if, if yeah. I find that something happens... I mean, I don't know where you go you from tell here. Tell Tom a safe word. <laughs> if I get to this point with the magpies, please take me back. Just... Imagine going to like rehab. Why are you here? Magpies. I mean, yeah, <laughs> it, it can happen. And I'm it really can. into astrology, and people think that's bonkers, but it's like no more, no more or less bonkers than that. Are you into it at all or not? A little bit, a little bit, but but at least with that, it's something that's been 
you know, it's it's well, I guess it's all the same though, isn't it? It's what nature's giving yeah, us. Yeah, and, and where you yeah, like where you choose to put your. Often I think because I did a tarot reading last year, and everyone's like, "That's mad," but anything that makes you ask questions of yourself, and you know, it's not telling me the answers to anything; it's making me interrogate it. And so that's yeah. it's fine. It's yeah. It's, I wouldn't like suggest making huge life decisions based on it, but interrogating anything in a bonkers way is fine by me. <laughs> what a way to that's good fun. Yeah, good fun. Yeah. Well, this has been an absolute joy. I mean, we literally could carry on talking indefinitely. I know. Uh, Thank you so much. For oh, it's been on. a pleasure. I hope that before too long there'll be some real life thing i think it's coming i know that'd be lovely i think so any minute yeah. now um i hope i hope not, i just want to talk about the magpies <laughs> you're gonna end up i think it's raining so i don't i don't think i can see any great outside so you just crack right on with your day in the way that you were yeah. planning to and i think that would be good <laughs> i'm even going red <laughs> thinking about the magpies <laughs> amazing thank you it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much oh well, that was a lovely chat. And actually, it, though we seem to be ambling through all sorts of things, through kids and husbands and work, actually, it really reminded me of something. The last year or the pandemic has reminded me a lot of those newborn days, of that, of that time of feeling disconnected, of not feeling like yourself, of not being able to look into the future and just getting through the drudgery of... of um, of each day and also feeling generally alone and funnily enough when I met Giovanna it was when I was in those baby days and I remember back then that she had this amazing ability of just making me feel that even the weird bits and the the less easy bits of parenting were very normal and yeah so it kind of, it kind of feels like a very full circle thing Whatever you see on the internet, whatever glimpses you get of people down the park, you never really know what's going on behind doors. We're all muddling through the same stuff. I've been talking a lot about Barbies and how they and other dolls formed a really happy and seemingly important part of my life and now my kids' lives too. But what do you think? Over the next few weeks, I'm going to be asking a series of questions on Barbies, doll play and the importance of developing empathy over on Instagram. And I really hope you can share your experience and thoughts. I'm also going to be doing a mega competition with no reason to win a huge bundle of Barbie dolls. Keep your eyes peeled for that. To learn more, head to Barbie's Benefits of Play website, including 10 tips on how you can help your kids develop empathy. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening. Please do rate, review, subscribe and tell your mates all about it or get in touch at butwhy at tonytalpert.com. I'm off to ask my mum if she's still got any of my Barbie collection left. One thing I do know is all those amazing tiny shoes are long gone. In fact, maybe my sister hid them as payback. Wishing you a lovely day and look forward to catching up next week. Bye-bye.